ever find your child getting upset about seemingly insignificant things, such as you've offered them the wrong coloured cup. They wanted the blue one, but you've given them the pink one and they have the biggest upset about something that you're going, why do you care? Or perhaps you offer them a biscuit and part of it is broken off and you give them the other part and they're still having this biggest cry on the floor. Or maybe you've offered them water and they wanted milk and they're so upset that you even dared to offer them the drink of water. You get the idea. This week, we're going to talk about why your child gets really upset about seemingly insignificant things. I'm Helena Mooney, and if you're wanting practical, respectful and effective strategies to help transform your everyday parenting challenges with connection and fun, then you're in the right place. Let's dive in. This is such a common issue that I hear from parents. Parents who can't understand why their child is getting so upset about these really small, minor things. And then having the fear going, is my child too spoilt? Is my child just have ridiculous expectations and expect me to do everything that they want? And parents can then feel, and I'm wondering whether this is you too, it has been me certainly in the past, that you feel like you're treading on eggshells around your children. And then you worry, gosh, what's going to happen today? Are they going to have this biggest meltdown today? And then you try and do everything possible to make everything right. You make sure that they've got, in my daughter's case, the pink coloured cup and the pink coloured plate. And I find out exactly what she wants in advance and I give it to her exactly how she wants it. And I haven't cut it into squares, I've cut it into triangles or whatever it is that your child is getting particularly upset about. We can feel like there must be something wrong in a way with our child, but we need to do everything right for them because otherwise we just cannot face the inevitable meltdown that's going to ensue. And that meltdown just feels too overwhelming and too, oh, can't bear to go through it as a parent. So therefore you then try and do everything. Or you might go to the other extent of going, well, they've just got to learn. They've got to learn that they can't have what they want all the time. And if she wants the pink plate, well, I'm going to deliberately give her the blue plate and she's just going to have to deal with it and get on with it because that is life. Not everybody caters to us all the time. You've just got to learn. And, you know, now's the time. Age three is a good time to learn because when you're 33 and you're in the workforce, nobody cares what colour plate you have. So we can either go either way, either trying to make everything right or just teach them a lesson and they've got to learn and they've just got to get on with it. So I'm wondering which camp you fall in, probably both different times, depending on how you feel at those different times. And I know that certainly I have been in both camps at different times. So today I really want to explain to you why your children behave that way. Um, Because it's common, most children do this at some point, your child is going to behave like this at some point, even if you've got this beautiful baby in your arms and you can't possibly believe that they're going to be like this, they will be. Um, And I think the number one thing to really take away is that there is always, always, a valid reason why your child is behaving in that way. Even though it seems completely ridiculous, there is always a really good reason. Because what goes on for our children is that there's an accumulation of everyday upset. 
things happen to them that they don't like and these stresses build up. Now, it could be that they've had a major traumatic event. It could be that something big has uh, has happened, such as, you know, parents separating, hospital visits, medical injury, you know, all those sort of big things that can happen in all of our lives. Or it can be an accumulation of everyday stress. Like they've gone to daycare when they didn't want to go to daycare. Somebody was mean to them or somebody took the toy that they wanted or You've been right next to your child and suddenly now they've, you know, you've answered the phone and your attention has gone elsewhere. All of these things build up and for a time our children can cope with them and they can get about, you know, with their day-to-day life and things are fine. But then something happens that causes them to completely fall apart. So what I invite you to do is to look at these seemingly insignificant things, such as the wrong colour plate, as a catalyst And it's a catalyst for your child's feelings to come up and out because the feelings that are stored in your child's bodies need an outlet and they come out in different forms and they come out at different times. And they need, so it could either come out often as aggressive behavior. That's when they have no tolerance for their sibling or they take it out on the cat or the dog or you. But other times they can get really upset about something tangible. And that's what's important to remember about these seemingly insignificant things is that these are tangible things that your child can get upset about. So instead of saying to you, mummy, I feel really sad that I'm at daycare today or that you went away for a night out on the weekend or um, that you didn't play with me all the time when I wanted you to yesterday, what they do is they focus on something tangible, physical, such as the the plate, the colour plate. And that means that they have something that they can focus all of their upset about on. And that allows them for those feelings to start to pour out of them. So Aletha Salter, who wrote The Aware Baby and is the founder of Aware Parenting, she describes this as a broken cookie moment. So you know the scenario, you give your child a biscuit and it might be in two halves or there might be a little bit broken off it. um, And your child on most days will probably just be fine and they'll probably eat it and they'll take both parts and they'll just leave it. That's all cool. I'm, you know, doesn't matter. But there'll be times when your child thinks this is just the worst thing ever that their world has ended because you have given them a broken biscuit. And you might start off by going, okay, here's the other part. Okay, um, here's another bit of the biscuit and that's okay. Just, just, just don't, don't get upset. Don't get upset. It's all fine. It's all fine. You, you can, you know, it tastes the same. Keep going. So you try and fix it. Or it could be that you just sort of like, oh, don't be so ridiculous. <laughs> it tastes exactly the same. Here's another pit. Don't be so silly. Just get on with it. So what I want to invite you to do is instead of those situations of either going in either camp, which we talked about earlier as well, is to recognise that this is something tangible that your child can get upset about. And now you can go in your head going, oh, this is a broken cookie moment. And when your child gets upset about it, it starts off by being upset about this biscuit. But what it actually is, it opens the floodgates for all of the upset feelings that your children have been holding on to for all of this time about all those other things that have been building up and they start to pour out. So your child may not consciously know that this is what's happening. 
largely they don't because they'll just keep going, I want a different biscuit. <laughs> but when your child starts to cry, it's not like our tears are segmented. Okay, I'm going to cry about separation anxiety or I'm going to cry about going to bed when I don't want to or I'm going to cry about this biscuit. Once your child starts to cry, everything starts to be released. It's just a perfect opportunity for your child's feelings to just come up and out. And you might want to think of it also like an iceberg. You know, we see the tip of the iceberg and we sort of can see that's something tangible that we can see. And it's generally smaller, isn't it, than everything that's going on underneath the surface. And so if you view that, that your child is getting upset about the biscuit and that's all they're talking about, but all of these emotions are lying underneath and this is the chance for them to come up and out. So how do you best respond to these situations? Well, just like what I've talked about with tantrums and other things is you want to offer empathy. So as much as you can, you want to offer empathy. And I find the easiest way to do this is to reflect back what my child is saying. So if they're saying, I want a different biscuit, you can say, I know you really want a different biscuit. You don't want this biscuit to be broken. And then you bring something that's called a loving limit. And this term was coined by the brilliant Marion Rose, who you will have heard on the podcast and in future podcasts. And the term loving limit is so brilliant because what you're doing is then you're bringing a limit about... You're bringing a limit, but you're doing it in a really loving, beautiful, kind, respectful way. And normally we talk about limits. And well, when we think about limits and boundaries, we can think of them as being quite harsh and firm. And we're sort of almost telling our children off. But here, in the case of a broken biscuit, you can go, oh, sweetie, I know you really want a different biscuit. But because, so you offer some empathy And then the limit part is because you're recognising that the fact that your child is becoming this inflexible about the type of biscuit or the colour plate or the fact that you dared to offer water when they actually wanted milk, you can see that they're getting really inflexible and that the smallest thing is setting them off. So then you can see that very clearly that there's feelings there that need to come up and out because they're coming up and out really readily over these seemingly insignificant things. So if you're in this space of mind, if you've got, if you're feeling quite well resourced within yourself, you're feeling pretty okay. Okay. I can handle, I can handle a cry right now. Then this is when you bring the loving limit and you say, sweetie, I know you really want another biscuit, but this is the biscuit for today. And they might get so upset, but I want a different biscuit. And you go, I know you really want a different biscuit. So you and your child are talking about the biscuit and you're really listening to her feelings that are seemingly about the biscuit. But now you know that it's not just about the biscuit. There's all these other things. And so by you offering your love, your attention, your empathy about the biscuit, it provides this beautiful opportunity for your child to cry about everything else. And in those moments, they may just stay crying about the biscuit. And you're thinking, I'm offering something really amazing here and we're going really deep in feelings. And, you know, we can talk about it afterwards. And actually your child is like, going, no, but I was just upset about your biscuit. But actually, you know that there are all these other things. And, you know, depending on the age of your child, depends on their level of articulateness, 
Whenever I talk about articulateness, I always sound incredibly unarticulate. But anyway, so obviously your children, you know, when they're really little, they can't explain things. And even as your child gets older, it's hard to explain things because a lot of things that your children get upset about, sometimes what we get upset about, seemingly are intangible. It could be that somebody gave you a funny look or you felt excluded or, you know, all those things that just make you feel yucky but can sometimes be too hard to actually put your finger on what it is. So what you're doing for your child by offering the empathy about the biscuit is then offering empathy for their upset feelings. And you're doing it in a non-judgmental way, in a way that just welcomes those feelings, recognises that those feelings are pent up there and that you're now giving your child the opportunity for them to just let them out. Because when your child lets them out, releases them with you, they they are released. And your child then can go back to being loving and cooperative and having flexibility about whatever colour plate they're going to have. Because there are times when your children really don't care, aren't there? And there are times when they do. So now on those times when they do care, now you can sort of understand why. Because it's all, it's not only about the plate. The plate is the catalyst. A plate is something tangible, the broken cookie moment. It's something tangible that your children can focus on. So try to hold that in your mind when you're doing that. And if you can see that your child is behaving in difficult ways and then they start to get upset about something that seems small, use that as an opportunity to listen to their feelings. Don't wait for things to escalate. And often when I talk about aggressive behaviour or mainly aggression, there's always been earlier signs that something's not right with your child, that things are starting to brew. And then often the aggressive behavior is, you know, the, the final straw. It's like, oh my God, we've got to this point and they're just lashing out because these upset feelings have been bubbling up inside of them and they're not having a, a helpful outlet. And so that's when they then lead to smacking their sister around the face <laughs> or whatever it is. There's always earlier signs either in the moment or a little bit earlier on in the day or even the day before, when you can see that your child is just not right. Something's going on. But because these are seemingly insignificant things that our children are crying about, it's easy to ignore them. It's easy to just downplay them going, oh, for goodness sake, get on with it. And and to dismiss our child's feelings about it. Because to us, who cares what colour plate it is? But I bet there's some things that as an adult that you are particular about. An example for me is I like my towels folded in a particular way. When somebody doesn't fold them in a particular way, I can get annoyed. Now, I my level of annoyance increases on how I'm feeling. So if I'm feeling really stressed out about other stuff and somebody else dares to fold the towel in the wrong way, oh my goodness, I can... I mean, I do have my adult brain on, so I don't actually take it out, but I can get really irritable. It can really build up into my irritation and I'll probably get annoyed about something else. But if I'm like in a really good mood, I'll go, oh, I don't really like that, but it doesn't matter. Somebody else has folded the towel. That's great. So you can see how our emotions determine our responses to certain niggly annoyances. Same with our children, but it's escalated. And obviously you being the parent, you're now responsible for having to deal with these feelings. 
So that's why it's really important to always hold in your mind there's always, always a valid reason why your child is upset, even though it appears to be ridiculous over something ridiculous, but it's actually not ridiculous. It's just something tangible that they can physically get upset about because they can't articulate all those other reasons why they're annoyed, why they're just feeling just generally yucky. And the younger your child is, the more they do need to release, the more that they need to feel connected with you, the more that you need to play beautiful, fun games with them because they need that regular top up. They need with of your love and affection and they need those regular outlets for their upset feelings. You know, two year olds cry way more than 10 year olds. But everybody still needs to have that outlet and that opportunity. So notice when your child is starting to get antsy about small things, when they're starting to get inflexible, when they're starting to not want to share the blue ball. The classic example with siblings, isn't it? And I remember this so clearly with my own brother. You haven't played with your own toy for ages. Suddenly your sibling, your brother wants to play with it. And oh my goodness, suddenly it's the most precious, special toy in the whole wide world and your brother can't possibly play with it. It's a classic example, isn't it? But that's because you're starting to get inflexible. Maybe you've got feelings. One sibling's got feelings about another brother or sister, which is perfectly understandable. And then it becomes focused on that toy. So then they'll both focus on wanting that toy. Depend, you know, if they're both full with feelings, they'll be so inflexible about they they have to have that toy. And so you as a parent, again, could come in bewildered going, you haven't played with this toy for ages. I don't know why you're getting really upset about it. Come on, this is ridiculous. But then there could be all these other feelings about the sibling getting more attention or getting more toys or there's being mean to them or something like that. But it becomes focused on the toy. So always, always remember there's a valid reason why your child is behaving in that way. And you may not actually get to the heart of why they are behaving that way. You might have an idea that, you know, it's because you went out and left them with a babysitter on, on Saturday night, for example. But if you say that to your child, they'll go, no, I just wanted the pink plate. They might not be able to fully articulate it. So don't feel you need to go into analysing it. Just know that by you responding in the moment to all of these little incidents, it's going to make your life so much easier because the more that you can respond to these little incidents, the less likely they're going to escalate into the big, hitty, overwhelming <laughs> incidents. So know that you're, you're doing really good work by listening to them about, you know, the wrong coloured plate. It's really, really powerful and important work that you're doing. Now, are you going to be able to listen every time that your child gets upset about the wrong colour plate? Probably not. And that's okay. This is not about doing it every time. But the more times that you do, particularly the more times you do it at home, when it's just you and your child, the easier life is going to be. So I hope that's helpful. I hope that starts to explain why. And to now think about how am I going to respond? How can you respond? And really, you just want to move in with empathy, with a loving limit and listen to your child's upset feelings that will come spilling out. And the cry will be seemingly disproportionate to the actual incident. But that's okay, because remember, it's not just about the plate. It's about all of these other things. So it could be a massive cry about the plate. And then you notice that they go to preschool easier the next day because they've had this big cry. 
You can see how everything is linked. The more opportunities you can listen to your children crying, the more opportunities you can play with them and giggle and, and connect together, the easier life will be and those bigger issues won't be so big anymore. Okay, I'd love to hear what your child gets really upset about. We had a classic example about the pink plate. Um, actually, I will share this. So um, I was doing a big uh, expo that I was running and my daughter was about two. Yeah, she was two, coming up to three. And so I was really busy on my work and I was really working very hard. And Emily had a lovely babysitter who would look after her with her own daughter and they'd have a great time. But I was not available particularly in that week to two weeks before it, because, you know, it was really massive. <laughs> I was really stressed. So even though maybe physically I was there, I just wasn't emotionally available. So the next morning, or the Monday morning after the Saturday Expo, I went, okay, this is just going to be an Emily day. I'm going to give her what she wants. It's all going to be really lovely. So I gave her the pink plate with the pink cup and the pink cutlery. And I thought, this is great. I'm doing everything perfectly. Well, she had the biggest meltdown about she didn't want the pink plate. Now she wanted a different colour plate. And I was initially getting really incensed, going, what do you mean? <laughs> I'm giving you exactly what you want. Why are you now getting really upset? And then my brain clicked in and went, ah, it's not about the pink plate. So I set the loving limit and I said, oh, sweetie, OK, you really don't want the pink plate. No, I don't want the pink plate. I said, OK, well, you can go and get a different plate. She was perfectly capable of going to the cupboard, which it was easily accessible for her to get any colour plate she wanted to. So I wasn't dismissing her upsets. I was validating, I was empathising and then offering her the opportunity to get a different plate. And she then didn't. She just sat there and cried and cried and cried. And I just listened Um and I knew that it wasn't about the pink plate. It was about all those times when I was particularly in the week run up to the expo, that I couldn't be there for her. I couldn't listen to her. I didn't. And now this was an opportunity for her to get really upset about this pink plate because she had my warm attention and I was there and available. And that was the opportunity for her to offload all of her upset feelings. But she couldn't articulate it. A, she was slower to talk, but B, it's too big to talk about it. It was too overwhelming. She just knew she felt yucky. And there I was giving her my loving attention, which is why often these things will happen when, you know, you might have had a lovely time together. And then she just offloaded about the pink plate. But it wasn't about the pink plate. So next time your child has a big meltdown, just see if you, once you get over your initial irritation, to then click and going, okay, there's more to this than a meets the eye. And all I need to do is be there, offer empathy and listen. And that's all you need to do. And your child will work on the feelings. They'll move through them. They'll come out the other side. And then we went on and had the nicest day on that time about the pink plate. We just had a lovely time because she'd offloaded her stress. We were felt beautifully connected and we went and had a great day. It was lovely. Okay. I hope that's helpful. We'd love to hear what your child does get upset about. Um, and it could be really silly little things, but remember, they're all important. Okay, have a great week and I'll speak to you next time. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode and you can see how you can implement what we talked about today with your children and family. Be sure to hit subscribe in your podcast app to know when each episode is released. And I would love it if you could leave a review and share with your friends. And if you want to shout less and connect more, 
head over to parentingwithplay.com.au to download my quick guide of five simple games which you can start playing straight away. You really can transform your everyday parenting challenges with connection and fun. So have a great week and enjoy playing. Enjoy playing.